and welcome to episode number 69 of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Fairway Jay as we run through all the big bets, all the big news, all the big stories in this gambling industry. Crazy world of ours, and we have a ton of those. We have a deal with the NFL. No, it is not one that you are thinking of, but it is still a monumental deal with the NFL. We'll talk these handicapping contests. Of course, we'll look ahead to NFL week four and bring you up to date on all of the giant action that went on in the week that was and the week that is coming up here in the NFL and college football and baseball and everything like that. Brett, some might say that this episode is nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's nice, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it, that's what uh, Rob Gronkowski would say anyway, you know, with this being episode 69 and all. I just got that now. Oh, God. It went I over your head? It went way over my head. I was, did not pick up on that at all. Oh, nice. it went right over. Uh, it went right over your head. I should have said Gronk would have said that this episode is yeah, nice. And yeah, then yeah, you would have had. Yeah, and then you would have then you would have gotten there. Jay, real quick, looking back on week three here, how did week three treat you? Well, my teasers went well, as I'm sure yours did with oh. spotting the Vikings. Oh, um, so great. So, yes. Some some teased down, some teams up. That went well. Unfortunately, I I, I uh, didn't get on enough underdogs that I wanted, but I had a pretty big play on the bills as a favorite. I have a lot of statistical things I use and I, you know, you look at the final score, you look at um, how some of the things play out and betters will oftentimes just not realize that uh, Buffalo is kicking the snot out of that team for the first half, just up and down. And my statistical profiles say they should have won this um, by a significant margin, not by four. I laid five and the line was six. And so that was a tough one when they were just dominating at half by over 200 yards and should have been up by more than 14. But uh, that's that thing's happened, and then you've got. Uh, I actually played the Jets and got lucky because that they were. I mean, what a pathetic performance! And <laughs> had concerns about playing the rookie on uh, 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 at New England with that defense. And boy, uh, you know, pick six and and uh, turned the tide to get the Jets to cover, which was miraculous. Yeah, it was an amazing week for me. This was one of the better weeks I've had in, in quite a while. And as you mentioned, it's because, you know, I'm a big teaser player, and especially when all of the basic strategy teasers get there. Uh, you can pretty much rest assured that I had a really good week. And so whenever you're looking at the the Jags as a short home dog that you were able to tease up through the two numbers and then with the uh, Packers as well as the Vikings. And I had the combination of all of those and those were all tied together. And I even had a couple of rolling over from last week into the Vikings into this this past week and, and everything. So, yeah, it was a really, really, really nice week for me overall and glad to kind of get get a nice little bump to the bankroll as we head into week four here, because I don't know if there is a ton of games that I am super, I have a lot of conviction about this week. And of course we will talk about that at the end of the podcast as usual, but Brett, here we go with some very big news here and the NFL has finally partnered up. No, it is not technically with a sports book, but let's be real. It's basically, this is a coup. I mean, a coup for DraftKings. Yeah, this is a marketing play by DraftKings that makes them the official fantasy partner of the NFL, giving them exclusive branding rights to logos, NFL trademarks. They'll have access to new data in the form of the next-gen stats. Not sure what the possibilities are there, but really, this is about the DraftKings brand, reinforcing that this is the company you should be playing fantasy sports and betting with because it is the official partner of the NFL. Because down the road, when more states launch legal sports betting online, DraftKings wants to be front and center. They won't tell you that this is about sports betting, but this is about sports betting. Yeah, this right? is one of those situations, Jay, whenever you look at this and like nobody discerns the sports book from the DFS site. Like DraftKings is just DraftKings at this point. When people reference lines, they say, oh, it's minus 3.5 at DraftKings. Like there, there's it's it. So whenever you get the branding during NFL broadcast and yeah, it's going to be for the DFS product. But this is just a gigantic advertisement for the sports book. And I mean, just a huge 
huge win for DraftKings in this arms race where we know as as each state becomes legal, it's going to be a battle between them and FanDuel and then the traditional land-based casinos here. And to be able to have that NFL logo, that NFL shield, even if it is on the DFS product, it is certainly going to carry over to the sportsbook as well. No question. And you're going to see more and more outlets referencing the lines, the betting lines, using DraftKings as the uh, provider of the of the of the lines. I it, it's always interesting. We've known this that the NFL spent seven years in court, tens of millions of dollars in legal fees fighting sports gambling, and now they're embracing it, which is we've known hypocritical for some time. But in terms of uh, where where we're at now with legalization, they they were going to have to do it, and DraftKings gets a big coup here. I I uh, I know in Arizona and Nevada, they you can't play daily fantasy, and perhaps some of those things are going to also open up over time, but there's different regulations in place for those things. But I, it's uh, it's quite a hit for DraftKings to have this, and, and you're going to see more and more of their name and brand out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Brett, when we kind of when we kind of look at this, I mean, I think from let's just you know from a DFS, of course, we think the big play here. It's pretty obvious that it's from a sports betting perspective. However, from a DFS, like you said, I mean, you know, with the next gen stuff, I could see. One of the, you know, I could see one of those things where they do one of their tiers contests and it's, you know, which player, which player uh, had the longest, you know, separation or which which player reaches the top speed this week, which which guy, you know, uh, covers the most ground in air yards, you know, like like all the different things like that. I mean, I think that they will at least try out all of that stuff and basically just to show the NFL like, hey, we value this partnership and we're going to use these stats even if people don't really care about playing these contests. Yeah, anything that can improve the product, because sometimes, you know, the DFS stuff can feel a little stale, especially with the showdown slate where you've only, you're only looking at one game with a small set of players. So anything that could, uh, you know, make it a little more interesting and fun, I'm all for. And uh, I know you're a fan of the next gen stats. So don't you follow the next gen stuff as the games are going on? When they allow those, whenever they allow those type of broadcast, I do. And I find it just absolutely amazing like I find it, it just is. crazy the way that they are able to to do all of this and I yeah I mean I find myself like two screening games and I have the actual game on television and then I find myself watching this little screen with all these little you know dots that are going on over there because it's just so crazy what they're able to do these days they microchip up these players in their shoulder pads and you like see exactly which players are coming on and off the field you see exactly which packages they're running you can see the whole field you can see the separation on individual plays as it's happening it's just it's so 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 nuts now does that actually help me in you know handicapping games or playing fantasy sports or anything like that you know no not really but for the sports fan geek in me it is something to behold for sure yeah that that wide receiver separation is one of my favorite things i love to see that kind of stuff so uh i'm gonna be digging into the the next gen stuff uh, as we get more into the season here. I haven't had a whole lot of time to do it yet, but something is, as we have a bigger sample, I definitely want to dig into. Yeah, there was no, uh, nothing, of course, no financials were disclosed or anything in this press release. Maybe that will come out down the line. There was no length that was mentioned in the press release either, but uh, got to imagine it's at least for a few years and it's probably for a pretty penny in that one. So again, congrats to the guys over at DraftKings. That is just a huge huge win guys as always we are on apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast so please go in and subscribe rate and review we really really appreciate the five star reviews helps us climb up the charts there puts us in front of more people and certainly the sports betting community out there is interested in all of this news and things that are going on so uh, we want to help fill everybody in on that and you can of course follow us on the twitter machine at the lines us at play picks us as well Handicapping contests are a thing. We talked about several of them on this very podcast here. We talked about how DraftKings launched the Super Pool. It is the $500 buy-in. You can have up to three entries. You make 70 overall picks. You do not have to play every single week if you do not want to. And there's a million dollars guaranteed with $250,000 up top in that one. One of the things to point out in this, and the reason we say you don't have to play every single week, if you're one of those guys that lives in New York, you're one of those guys that lives in Pennsylvania, and you want to play this, you can join this contest and you are able 
to go over. And if you want to play in week, you know, this starts this week in week four. If you want to play in week four and then not play again until week seven, you could actually do that. If you're going to be out of town, you could do all of that. And you're able to go across the border and just make your plays as long as you have 70 of them made by the end of the contest here. Uh, Brett, looking at this, the one thing that we're kind of monitoring here, again, you have you have up until kickoff on Sunday with this, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is this is pretty interesting as to how it sits right now as far as contestants go. Yeah, value, baby. I mean, they're going to need 2,000 entrance entries to hit the $1 million guarantee. As we sit here Thursday afternoon, there are only 400, 460 registered, and we're less than 24 hours or 48 hours away from this thing closing. So there, there is going to be overlay in this thing uh they went big in the first version of this super poll reminiscent of the sports betting national championship last year where there was a lot of overlay in that um the 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 70 i i love the 70 place thing where you can spread it out if you can't you know if you do live out of the state and you can't get into new jersey one week it's okay you can make seven or eight picks the following week to kind of catch up you could even just make five trips into new jersey and just play every game in that week if you wanted to right and with this much overlay i mean maybe there might actually be value in that where you just fire every game for five weeks i mean i i see a lot of opportunity here if you haven't entered yet if you have five hundred dollars definitely don't go you know don't just enter because there's value i mean but if you can if you're comfortable putting five hundred dollars down on this i think this is a really good opportunity yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, we'll see a late rush. We always see this with gamblers. Right. Like, they'll wait until the very end to, to get on this. But to get 1,500 entries, though, in the next, as you mentioned, kind of 48 to 72 hours here, I don't know if that is going to be possible. Jay, it really does make you wish that uh, you lived in, in New Jersey about this time right here because, I mean, 250 k up top, but to know that there's likely to be pretty much guaranteed overlay here, that is just, that is so, so juicy. Give the parlay analogy, or the poker analogy, they're paying 149 spots. So 100 to 149, at least with the chart I'm looking at, says they're going to get $1,000. And so there's an opportunity there. I'm, I'm almost wondering, uh, without reading the details, you have to register by... The start of it, correct? This isn't like a poker tournament where you can get in and, and register a couple weeks down the line and still throw your 70 picks in over <laughs> yeah. the court, right? No, there's so no, you, no late reg. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah, no to get in by, by week four, which, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, they're put to the test here with with having to get, what, 1,500 more entries to make number. <laughs> or the, but uh, they've got the dollars to put it out. And again, you can't beat some of this stuff with even the NFL announcement. You can't beat the promotional part right. of it. And that's what they're uh, that's what they're going for, certainly. No, a- absolutely. And we talk about innovation and we talk about how it's always welcome. So cool to see this contest. And here we go, Jay, with something here actually in Las Vegas, in Nevada. And we talked about how they're, you know, still dragging behind all our friends over there in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and these other places. But Superbook stepping up to the plate. They've never done this before, but they are offering a what they're calling a reboot of its NFL handicapping contest. It's going to run weeks nine to 17. The entry's 500 bucks and you got to sign up by November the 2nd. But Here's the thing. I, I I mean, this is a big as a guy who's been very critical of of Westgate over there because of that payout structure that they have on that tournament. I am. This is a huge tip of the cap and well done to these guys over here, because, again, I like thinking outside of the box. I like introducing new things. And I really, really do like trying to innovate this whole, you know, the way this whole thing works. And, you know, doing a half season contest after you kind of know who these teams are and you figured these teams out a little bit better. I think it's a pretty cool concept. I agree. And I'm glad uh, they're taking their first step to do it because you've got guys that will be completely out of it. Um, unlike the circle where there's quarterly prizes, it's going to be difficult. And now you have a chance. And certainly, I think, a price point that's going to be more favorable to many people. And or, again, you do not have to be in the current contest to, to, do, to enter the reboot. You can uh, – anyone is able to get back in. And it's a good, good, uh, good opportunity to certainly – have the data and the information just like a lot of survivor contests that have a second chance now you got it in the big contest yeah brad actually that's a great point by jay on this is 
you know, this is a way to keep people engaged throughout the course of the rest of the season. We talk about that with DFS all the time, right? Like the advantage to DFS over season long is you can be buried in season long and then you don't give a shit anymore. But at least with at least with DFS, it's a week to week game and you can continue to be engaged in fantasy sports throughout the course of the season. And that's actually kind of what this is. You know, you could be buried in this contest by week eight for sure. I mean, there's there's no doubt with the way that the super contest works. You can be buried. There's just no way you're going to dig out. But you know, they introduced this new contest here and now you, you have new life. Yeah. I, I like the, the second chance contest. You keep people, like you said, you keep people engaged and watching games and on the app. Um, but I like you have been critical of Westgate. I've played these super contests for, I think this is my fifth or sixth year. I wish, I just wish they would improve the original product before starting these other things. I'll, I'll just leave that. Yeah, that's true. I honestly think that there is going to be, Probably probably some adjustments are going to have to be made next year because we know they're going to make adjustments in this Circa contest. They've already said that they're definitely going to listen to the customers in this one and and, you know, make some adjustments to make it more player friendly. And you have to believe that, you know, especially with them getting eighteen hundred entries out of the gate in the first year of the Circa contest, then they're going to have the biggest sports book in the world opening next year to market this thing and to promote this deal. So, Jay, it almost feels like this is the a precursor to to Westgate kind of, you know, maybe taking into account some of the concerns that people have thrown out there and maybe just maybe the 2020 version of this thing, we see a little bit more player friendly contest. I don't think there's any doubt. They're they're definitely looking ways to improve uh, their product. Obviously, the Westgate as well. The Superbook is branding and trying to get uh, other locations beyond just Las Vegas. And by having a chance now with content contestants to be able to uh, be engaged, like you said, throughout the season, have uh, other opportunities. This will give them, I think, maybe at least uh, a platform and, and an idea to uh, um, hopefully on ways to improve the original contest as well. Here we sit in September the 26th, but we have NBA news people but this is actually very very big news that really only affects us gamblers and fantasy sports players but the NBA will now require teams to submit their starting lineups 30 minutes prior to the game scheduled start time it used to be 10 minutes but anyone that has bet NBA regularly or played DFS regularly you understand that it sometimes this 10 minute thing was kind of bullshit and certainly they were entering these uh they were giving these lineups like two minutes sometimes before tip off it was the most frustrating thing in the whole world now the teams will have the ability to amend the starting lineups prior to tip off you know if a guy you know sustains an injury or re-aggravates an injury but at least there is something in place to where you are going to know some names 30 minutes prior to the game scheduled start time and brett i know this is music to to your ears. If, if I remember correctly, you had all but given up playing uh, NBA DFS just because of the frustrations that were involved. I had. You had to sit by your computer or on your phone looking for news like 10, 15 minutes before tip. And I didn't want to do that anymore. So this is this is big for me. And look, you can't ignore the asterisk here. I mean, the teams still do have flexibility to change things if a player is a game time decision and you know he's going through warm-ups uh we'll see how teams deal with that but this this is the right move by the nba uh chris sheridan our nba writer he spoke with the nba's president of league operations about this right after the board of governors meeting last week when this was decided uh he said it addresses problems experienced by players in the gambling and fantasy sports communities and that the extra 20 minutes provide a much better situation for sports gamblers and fantasy players and he is Right. If you want to put out the best product, you have to consider your most hardcore customers. That's us. And this does address some of the big issues, especially on the fantasy side, like you said. Um, but it also gives books and betters more information. I had a tip off, which which helps set a better betting market. Also potentially cuts down the risk of foul play with people who have inside information. So great move by the NBA. And, uh, you know, once again, they're just ahead of seem to be ahead of everybody else uh, as far as the four major leagues are concerned. You definitely brought up what I was going to do, the follow-up with Jay on here. From a sports betting perspective, Jay, the biggest thing that we find, especially after the All-Star break, you know, in that second half part of the season, the latter half part of the season, 
with the NBA that has you, you know, beating your head against the wall so many years leading into to this. And hopefully this will at least curb some of that was the fact that, you know, this load management stuff and some of the big stars sitting out the games. And what would happen is, is, you know, the sometimes would not get announced until five, you know, five ish minutes before the game that, oh, OK, well, this guy's going to sit out tonight. And, oh, you know what? We decided this guy's, you know, load management issues and whatever it might be. And as Brett mentioned, you know, there is a potential because NBA, unlike any other sport, like it is massive, massive, massive as far as the line goes and the total goes and all of that. If one of the major stars sit out because in the NBA, unlike the other sports, one single player can mean so incredibly much to a game and to a team. And so, you know, maybe you're a trainer and you kind of knew that LeBron was going to sit out or that Kawhi was going to sit out or whatever it might be. And, you know, you had that information a little bit before everybody else, at least now with their having to put this out 30 minutes in advance. Any minor shenanigans that may or may not have happened can certainly kind of be dealt with now. No question. And remember, sports books. You know they were they were already subject to sharp moves prior to tip off and and there was always a scramble uh, like you said the impact of a key player is always there and now to have at least the starting lineups announced so you, so, uh, you can make those decisions it'll definitely uh, give give uh, betters and a much better opportunity to make competent decisions in what they're doing and and as far as sports books goes it'll allow them I think to review competing sports books to view other action in the market and make potential adjustments so there's no question the NBA had this in mind for the be- the betting part of uh, the announcement was there but they certainly didn't put that out in the announcement it was more about increasing transparency for teams media and fans to require teams to put the starting lineups in 30 minutes prior but there's without question some uh, added benefits but also uh realistically for sports books it's uh, it's much better as well along with the betters we look at uh something that went live right before comes across the the twitter machine right before we get to taping this the g league is going to experiment this year with the single free throw to count for shooting fouls. And so basically what it comes down to is, you know, you're 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 hacking the hell out of a guy that's about to make a layup, which is, you know, 90 percent to go in and you're sending him to the free throw line where he has to make two shots to get those two points as opposed to that one. Well, they're going to experiment with if you get fouled shooting a two pointer that your one free throw counts for two points. If you get fouled shooting a three pointer, that one free throw counts for three points. And Brett, of course, this is not the NBA yet, but the G League is their experimental the league. They're trying new things down there. They're seeing how things work out. I actually am a huge fan of this. Now, this changes the gambling aspect of things massively, and we would have to adjust massively with how we handicapped basketball games because of the way this would work. But I've always been a fan. I, I can't stand when we get in the hackathons as we go down the stretch. The the game slows to a crawl and especially this time when the NBA is basically one of the most one of the most action packed, awesome products and probably the best single NBA product we've had of our lifetimes for sure. To, to have those type of games and to really just cut into the excitement is such a shame. And for something like this, I'll tell you, this is actually going to make me watch a few G League games because I want to see how this works out. Listen, I've been standing on a mountain this year yelling about how slow the viewing product has become across all these sports, except maybe the NHL. I mean, it, the NFL with all the replays and the, you know, the, the challenges and it's almost it's hard to watch these things now in the NBA, like you said, with the, you know, the, the hackathons at the end of the game slows the entire game down. I kind of love this because it and foul foul shots. I mean, that's that's a good minute of the guy just standing yeah. there shooting a free throw that cuts down the, the time of the game. And I mean, it does it does increase the variance of the actual game itself. So I'm interested to see how, you know, the stats at the end of the season, how they're affected that way. Like a lot of more pressure on a guy who gets fouled on a three to make his one shot now. Um, but it is interesting. And I like it from a viewing perspective a lot. Jay, of course, this just came down here. I know you hadn't had a time, had time to really form a, a, an opinion on this and certainly not how this would affect any sort of gambling situations. We'd basically have to go back and remodel, you know, uh, the last decade of the NBA to see how this would maybe affect, you know, totals or totals spreads sure. and, yeah. and, 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 and things like that. But just your initial reaction here in something like this, do you, do you think it could be cool or do you think that this is not uh, not something you'd be a fan of? 
initially my thought would be, wow, one one free throw would count as two points. It's certainly going to impact potentially some totals. And I, I would I would agree that I'll probably watch some D-League games to see how the impact is, is going. Certainly the NBA will monitor that. But my initial thought, even though the game's really frustrating to watch the slowness at, at the end of games and all the fouls, um, Maybe you know. At least they're trying. At least they're trying to bring a, bring an idea and, and going to test it out before they move forward with it. But yeah. my initial thought is it would imp- increase potentially increase scoring and make. Uh, I don't know. Will it, will it will it make for less fouls? We'll have to see. Yeah, it'll be pretty pretty interesting. I know. I this is data that I am fascinated with. I'm going to uh, certainly see uh, these G League games and what the what the outcomes are now because this is just something else. And and, and again, like you said, Brett. Good on the NBA for trying out new things as well. Good on them for trying to be ahead of the curve when it comes to all this stuff because this product is so good right now with so many good young players. The last thing you want to do is drive away fans and viewers and and whatnot because of games, you know, basically coming to a crawl. And and you know, if you if you've watched NBA, if you're an NBA fan, I know I, I I have religiously watched the NBA the last three years. I think it is so 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 amazing. But I even me, the super fan of super fans. I could be watching games and literally get so frustrated I want to throw my my remote down because they do just slow to an absolute crawl, which really makes you forget about how awesome the rest of the game was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got to say, I'm, I'm more excited about the NBA this year than I have been in a long time. I can't wait. I love that the, you know, the parody is back. And uh, the, the, the super team is gone. And uh, I'm excited for the competition here. Absolutely. Now. Tons and tons of money rolling through the various sports betting operations here in the United States. And boy, they keep coming out and you wonder who these people are. But uh, FanDuel took a $150,000 parlay for the Cowboys, Ravens, Chiefs and Packers to be divisional champions. And that would actually pay out $1.5 million if all four of those come through i guess jay whenever i read here that you know the guy put down 150k for the cowboys ravens chiefs and packers to win the division why did he not just go ahead and throw the patriots in there as well i mean i understand it's not going to increase the payout all that much but it's nearly a slam dunk that they are going to win that division over there so if i'm this guy i probably just throw the patriots in there as well well, he might want to wait until after this week when the Bills yes. beat him. He would get he get that he get better number, but who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I presume I I didn't see when the bet was made, but uh, or or the numbers that he, that uh, they were offering on division odds on those teams. But that's uh, that's quite a payout if he can hit it. William Hill better on Tuesday of last week placed a hundred and sixty six thousand dollar money line. Wager on Central Florida that was going to win him all of thirty five thousand. Central Florida was minus four seventy five in that game over Pittsburgh. Hey, uh, hey, Brett, how did that turn out for this fella? That's a loser. <laughs> that was that that was a loser. Oh, they lose outright in that game to Pittsburgh and his hundred and sixty six thousand that he wagered to only win thirty five thousand was flushed down the toilet. Central Florida has 11 point favorites lose to Pitt. I actually tuned into this game just to see. I there was nothing else on. There was no other games, and well, there were other games going, but I have the the four TV set up or whatever. So I, it was uh, on one of the TVs in, in my house over here, and I just was watching this solely because of this bet. Because when I saw that they were saying, "Oh, oh boy, uh, Pittsburgh's actually giving Central Florida some hell here," and I flipped over, and all I'm thinking is, "This guy, I I can't imagine." Jay, you've made bad bets. I've made bad bets. But can you imagine holding a $166,000 ticket as you're sitting here watch your minus 475 favorite lose to this other team? I just can't even imagine. You know, I we, we're seeing some outrageous lines <laughs> in Major League Baseball right now. And you see yesterday Houston was... Uh, I think laying five dollars for high fours, and that's that's the similar analogy now. And using that, and knowing that Pitt had played, and statistically they were right there with Penn State 
weeks before you you know you're paying you're paying a premium price on central florida to what they've been doing and and uh, i see these you know we see these bets all the time on some of these bigger favorites and and laying a lot to win much less and those are not uh, favorable i i prefer to look at underdogs that have competitive advantage to win outright and bet less to win more but we see these often and that's a that's a tough one that that hurts <laughs> and no question Points Bet USA said a guy put down three hundred and ninety thousand on a Packers 49ers money line parlay at minus one thirty odds. Three hundred K for him to win if that were to come through. And Brett, he did, in fact, cash this one for three hundred thousand points bet. Been taking it on the chin a little bit here lately with some of these big betters. Imagine being that better and watching through watching that 49ers I know. Steelers game. The Niners dominated that game and they they could have lost yeah just like kept they, turning they had, it over yeah 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 in 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 like the red zone it kept happening over and over again that must have been a really <laughs> really frustrating sweat but uh yeah he came came through with the w much deserved w they could have won that game by 30 the guy over at DraftKings put two hundred and eight thousand on the vikings money line this past week that was a winner for him a guy at uh william hill put down 505,000 on the Browns plus three and a half against that Rams team. I'm sure you were, we were all watching that because it was a standalone game and yeah, that one did not get there, Jay, that Browns team. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit as we get into week four here, but Freddie kitchens and his coaching decisions, absolutely atrocious, absolutely horrible. And this guy was holding a half million dollar ticket for them to keep it within a field goal. Made mine seem like pittance, but I had the Browns. <laughs> and and again, getting down there first and goal, we talk about this team's running out, of the, running out of the shotgun, not able to run the ball effectively. First and goal at the five late. Um, I only, you know, and not, not run the ball once and not be able to get it in is, is tough. But to maybe that guy who had the 505K, maybe he was doing a little in-game at that point. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> a little bit right there at the end. But um, That's yeah, a that good point. A that is a good point. I would imagine some of these guys start hedging off of these things whenever they realize the situations they're in. A guy at the South Point put down 200000 on the Astros to win the World Series at plus 250. This moved this price at South Point all the way to, to plus 150 over there. I was actually sitting in the South Point, Brett, when this happened. They come in and they go, oh, by the way, if anybody wants value on any other team other than the Astros, <laughs> then come, on, come to the South Point because, yeah, we have a massive liability on the Astros and we are giving some pretty good rates on every other team out there. That being said, and, you know, we don't talk a lot of baseball this time of year on this podcast with it being a daily sport and you know we kind of don't since we're only doing the podcast once a week right now we, we tend to focus on the weekly sports but that being said this Astros team the way that they look this pitching staff of course Grinky goes in eight and a third last night of no hit baseball before he finally gives up a gapper there um, in, in the ninth inning this you couple these pitchers with this this uh, lineup top to bottom and it would take just an epic epic collapse I think from a collective of everything to go wrong because even if one of these pitchers kind of has an off day you still have one of the best top to bottom lineups in the in the majors and if the if the lineup is not hitting that day for whatever reason you you have a feeling that these big stud horse pitchers are going to make it to where you don't have to score that many runs to still uh, win a baseball game I, I don't know man this this Astros team is like almost as close as, as close to a super team as we've seen in a long time yeah, they're a powerhouse in every way, from the pitch, from pitching to the lineup to the bullpen. But I can't wait to see them, hopefully, face the Yankees. What the what the Yankees have done this year with all the injuries they've had, all these guys going on the DL, to put up that many wins, and now they're starting to get some of their guys back, Stanton's back. I can't wait to see these two teams go at it. I, I'm so excited for that. I hope it happens. And um I mean, the thing the thing is, though, now that my Phillies are out, it's hard to get excited about this. It's hard to get excited <laughs> with all all the all the hope, all the hype coming into the season with Bryce Harper. I was really hoping this team would get to the playoffs. And now that they're not there, it's like, do I really want to watch baseball anymore? <laughs> but but I, I will say that the that the potential Astros Yankees matchup, it, it does have me pretty pumped. Jay, as we look at this and from a. Uh, a baseball perspective again since we don't talk baseball very much and we're on it we might as well uh, give it a whirl right here who is your AL Cy Young winner I know this is a a hotly debated topic let me uh, ah. 
Let's see. I, I still think DeGrom should get in the National League despite the terrible uh, – the, the not not many wins. But um, I like Garrett Cole. And you mentioned the Astros lineup uh, pitching is I, – I know Verlander's – obviously Verlander can't go wrong putting him in there. But the, the, the top to bottom pitching and the starting staff is remarkable there. And one plug here on the lines is you can go to the fan, FanDuel – we posted on the lines is the series the, – the different World Series matchups that are available. And it looks like um, Brett is looking forward to a Yankees – uh, Astros in the American League, and then from there, who would get to the World Series? You can look at the odds on that. But what about the Twins? The Twins have an opportunity, certainly, to play. They'll likely play the Yankees, and I'm not ruling that out yet. Although they're certainly much deeper uh, in New York for that for that matchup as well. Brett, are you Team Trout or are you Team Bregman? I don't know how you can give an MVP to a guy who missed 12 percent of the season. That's like missing two two games in the NFL. I, I don't like as much as I love trout. I, I don't know how you give it to him. And, and Bregman's had a great year. I think you, I think you give Bregman MVP and then just flip a coin for, for the other Astros award there for pitcher. Yeah. Uh, yeah that team I mean, it, so I know, good, it's man. so crazy. And, and I guess uh, Jay, before we get out of here with that, I mean, I'm on team Bregman on that as well. And it's not even so much for the fact that, that trout missed as much uh, time as he did it's for me, if you look and yeah, we talk about when this lineup is healthy. It is just a massive super team here. But there was a ton of injuries throughout the season for the Astros of players just in and out of the lineup all the time. And the one steady productive force all year long that kept this offense rolling and kept this team rolling was Alec Bregman. And you look at him with 40 bombs. It's just, you know, a, a little small guy, too. So you kind of like you almost look at it and go, like, all right, man, this dude's hitting 40 bombs. This guy's a little small guy as well. Like, I mean, he was the consistent driving force of the best lineup in baseball. And uh, to me, I think it's it's got to go to Bregman. Agree. Look at that. Very easy. Uh, finally, we'll talk about a quote unquote big bet here or that could have returned uh, some big money. And we'll talk about how this is uh, likely not something that happened. You probably if you follow this industry, all the mainstream, well, not all, the, but a lot of mainstream outlets picked up on what was supposedly an 89 cent 20 leg parlay that was going to return over $500,000. And Brett, you and I instantly, we start talking on Slack and we're like, this, there's just no way this is real. Jay, I'm sure you followed it as well. We, the, supposedly this happened at five dimes and this is all coming off of some guy's random post on Reddit. And then everyone just runs with this guy's post on Reddit. Then you go to the thread where this whole thing originated and now the graphic that he had up there is pulled down. People said when you tried to click through to what he had on there, it was actually an affiliate link to his five dimes affiliate link <laughs> that was that was going on over there. And, you know, but this did not stop people from continuing to pound this and, and put this out there. And it's little things like this that I don't know, it drives me. It drives me crazy. But um I think we can pretty much rationally say here, and Jay, we'll start with you, but I think we can pretty much rationally say this was never actually a thing. The guy, I immediately, immediately had picked up on the, uh, the, the parlays that came across and had questions about it. And to, to see it and filter through the media there, I mean, you just had to see with uh, all of the, just the way it was designed and the, the, the print of it, I, I had questions about it, but then you had all these favorites over and over on it. It made it for an interesting read, but I thought there was something suspicious about it when I saw it. Yeah. And, and Brett, the other thing is like the other thing that I don't know why people just ran with this and didn't like question it either is as Jay said, like, so it's all these 110 bets, right? It's like, it's like 19 110 bets. And then all of a sudden the 20th bet that he's waiting on is this strange money line <laughs> bet on the Redskins. Like out of, out of nowhere, he decides he's betting spreads and totals at 110 for 19 legs of a parlay. And then all of a sudden the 20th leg just happens to be this plus money uh, plus money Washington money line and I'm just like does anyone not even notice that this is like jumping off the page too as weird like this guy has 19 legs of minus 110 bets and then all of a sudden plays the money line on the Redskins dog as opposed to just taking another 110 and playing them with the points or whatever it just everything about it stunk yeah our bullshit radar gets set off immediately for several reasons which you guys already talked about but Bleacher Report discovers this thread 
tweets about it, obviously having done zero legwork in fact checking because there's I mean, how do you not just sit back and say, all right, there's something there's something strange about this. But then several other big news outlets ran stories about it, too, because if Bleacher Report ran a story that it must be true and then it spirals into like the biggest sports betting story of the week. Dan Lebatar talked about it on his show. It was making the rounds on sports talk radio all over the country. Like people, it took all of 13 seconds to find this thread on Reddit. If you knew anything about sports betting at all, you'd know that a sports book probably wouldn't take on this much liability on an 89 cent bet. And if they did, this particular book is an offshore operator that could just say F off and not pay it. Exactly. Because and they're not regulated. Exactly. And how do we, That's how do we even know that they, do they even take $1 bets or less, bets less than a dollar? There's no way this was real. And, right? and, and Jay, this was the other thing that like, and so of course, when people buy into the narrative that this is real, then you have the people come out of the woodwork saying like, well, hope this guy hedged, hope he's hedging. He needs to put a couple hundred grand down on the way. And I'm, and I'm going, you can't hedge this bet, even if even if on the one percent chance that this bet is real, you can't hedge this anyway because you don't know for sure that you're going to get paid out on this bet. So you could actually sitting there just be holding a losing hedge ticket, <laughs> and you'd be down just the money that you lost on your hedge ticket. So no, he can't hedge the bet because there's no guarantee that he's going to that he's going to uh, get paid out if this thing actually gets home. Yeah, I, boy, I, I see these, and and we're gonna see more and more of this. You're gonna see uh, the headliners to get attention, and and companies trying to to grab p- parts of these and run with them, and in this case, make up something to grab attention because there's it just it, it it couldn't be real. And you're you're hit on how the bets were laid out, and the one tens, and then a money line certainly makes sense. And um, I'd be concerned if I had something like that offshore that was gonna be a big payout, and whether I was gonna get paid as well. Yeah. This was nothing more than a marketing scheme, if you want to call it that, by some guy who duped thousands of people yeah. into thinking that it was a real bet. And kudos to him, I guess, because people got excited over this. I, I feel like the industry took a few steps backward with this. I, I was this really upset me. It, well, <laughs> like, we are we are all I mean, you know, it's it's and this is something that. It, we see it. It doesn't matter if it's sports or politics or whatever. Like everybody's a headline reader. Right. And like they're not actually even clicking into things or not even looking into anything. It's like, oh, I read a headline. It's obviously true. So this is happening. And so this is what's going on. And I just literally, I, you know, we're having the conversation on Slack and I'm like, all I did was Google this guy's name and read it. And I found the thread and I went in and like the whole image is now is now removed. And there's people in the thread saying, yeah, I clicked on the deal and it was his affiliate link and whatever. I'm like. How, how did this get how did this blow out of proportion when I found I'm 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 some nobody sitting here in Las Vegas and found out that this was total bullshit and it took me all of three minutes. So how did this turn into the biggest sports betting story of the week? Like you said, it's just beyond me. It is. It's crazy, crazy, crazy town. Yeah, I I'm still I'm still kind of <laughs> enraged about it because there's just no there's no integrity anymore. Like these, these media outlets just pick up a story and I'm sure they got all the clicks from this because everybody wanted to read about it and it wasn't a real story. I know. I know. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Guys, uh, unapologetically, all three of us on this podcast are huge, huge golf fans, gigantic golf fans, love, love, love golf. And that's why this story is just something we want to touch on really, really quick before we move into week four of the NFL here. Augusta, is going to acquire 38 more acres of vacant land around the Augusta National Golf Club that is down there. And the reason this is actually making news is because they are going to turn this into a state-of-the-art television and digital media compound that is going to... And if you guys watched this past edition of the Masters, and Brett, I know you and I were glued and, and you know, obviously you find Jay on Twitter at Fairway Jay, so I know he was glued as well. You were able to follow nearly every single shot of every single player that was playing in the tournament. The one thing that Augusta is doing is they are really... they're they're almost taking the NBA's approach here of trying to be digital first or trying to be technology first or trying to get ahead of everything because they understand the value in getting their stuff in front of as many human beings as possible. And what they're saying about this comp- this compound here is once it's built, they're going to send over 220 countries around the world a live feed of every single shot that happens 
at Augusta National. And from a sports betting perspective, Jay, I mean, this is where the future is going with golf. The fact that we are going to be able, once these apps, and you know they're not far off over there in New Jersey as it is anyway, and once these apps just get a tiny bit faster, a little bit faster, whenever 5G data is, is readily available everywhere and you're basically getting stuff in real time on your phone, golf betting is going to explode and it looks like Augusta is sitting here leading the way because they are turning their comp their comp their you know beautiful country club down there beautiful golf course and right next to it is going to be a major media and digital compound we've known that golf betting is right there it's been it's been very popular for years out here and you know we can remember back when Tiger Woods was two to one to win tournaments and dominating and there was a there was good betting and we'd hear about um, you know on the major tournaments how they were setting records at the sportsbook but this is a whole nother level and you're going to see with all the the new digital and the shot links and everything and now to be able to have it uh, just out there with the way Augusta is going to set this up will make it just much more uh, well, betters are going to really enjoy it, but the fans to be able to expand it like this is going to be a, have a big impact. You know, Brett, we've we've mentioned it uh, in earlier editions of this podcast, but it you know I want to say it again. I honestly believe that the sport of golf has the most to gain by legalized sports betting mm-hmm. because one of the things that people will complain about with golf if you're not really really into it is that it's kind of slow. And hey, listen, I I can't sit here and and dispute that with you. Yeah, whenever you hit a drive, you're not seeing the guy hit the next stroke for another three to five minutes. That is true. And, and when you're watching a broadcast, it can drag a little bit. But the upside to that delay between one shot to the next is perfect for sports betting because you can start throwing up all kinds of odds and all kinds of props and all kinds of everything in real time because one of the frustrations about NBA and Major League Baseball betting in-game is because it's happening so fast, it's sometimes hard to get down bets before the action is changing. That's not the case in golf, and I actually believe that this is a huge positive that the speed of golf can actually help this game evolve, especially from a sports betting standpoint. This is the dream, man. We've been talking about this to be able to follow every shot of every golfer in real time. The potential for sports betting and fantasy golf here is really exciting. I feel like the PGA Tour has been lagging with this. I wanted them to just throw like webcams out on the course so we can see just something that's happening on each hole. Because like you said, it is really slow with just like the three cameras on the, you know, the the key holes there i'm happy to see that augusta is is being the pace setter here maybe the tour will take some notes if if all goes well but uh this is really cool yeah and pga should honestly just take a a cue from what we literally just talked about earlier on the next gen stats from the nfl like even little things like where you could just see where a guy is hitting from on the course would actually do me good and make me feel better about deal and that's as easy as putting a microchip in their golf bag like it doesn't even have to be on the person himself like just make the caddy put a you know a microchip in in his pocket or in the in the golf bag somewhere and then at least we can see oh this guy's over in the woods or this guy's you know oh he's got a perfectly lined up shot or oh man he's gonna have to hit it around this uh this tree right here or whatever it might be i mean like there's little things that could be done that wouldn't be that crazy to enhance the experience from the pga side of things like you said i mean the 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 guys at augusta are just so so far ahead of where the pga is right now it's it's really crazy there's nothing better than and they haven't even gotten into what they're planning but there's nothing better than the 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 masters live feeds online it's all free it is it's the best so kudos to them Heading into week four of the NFL here, guys, and we want to give you just some early thoughts on what we are seeing. By the time you listen to this, it will either be right at game time of the Thursday night game or that game will be over. So we'll just skip over that and head into the Sunday and Monday games here. I'll go ahead and say the first game that I got down on this week and, you know, I'm I am at least a ahead of the curve as we speak right now. I got the Redskins plus three at the Giants. I kind of looked at the way this went, and it was a nut low situation for the Redskins last week, and they were still competitive in that game with five turnovers, and they were still able to move the ball, still able to do that against the best defense in all of the NFL. And now they go and face one of the worst secondaries that we've seen so far in the league. And getting the three points with the Redskins 
was something I felt really good about. This line, at least in Vegas, has moved to two and a half. The guys over, if you are listening to this and you're over in Jersey, it is still three over there in Jersey. If you wanted to get down on it at DraftKings and William Hill, it has moved to two and a half over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Jay, were there any games that you got down on early that you thought maybe there uh, was a little bit of an edge? Yeah, looking at the Bills and Patriots, which the look ahead was six and a half. They came seven. Some seven and a halfs did pop on that. And uh, I, I got in the Bills and the under as well. Thought that was going to be a, a pretty good play. But I, I have a lot of, you know, I, I played the Lions. I played some of these underdogs against the powerful teams where uh, certainly the Chiefs and the Patriots are taking a majority of the bets. But I just have too much uh, good stuff that I, I've utilized in, in trying to get the matchups that I want. Those maybe. Uh, betters are not going to see because of the powerful offenses, but a lot of statistical things that I I look at have some good underdogs, and I know I'll be playing a number of them this week. Brett, when you looked at the card here, I know you and I have talked offline that this is kind of a a gross week, nothing that I was incredibly happy about playing, but I did, you know, like I said, I I do like this Redskins spot here, uh, catching the three. Was there anything that you got down on kind of early in the week that you really kind of stuck out to you? You know, I don't take a deep dive until Thursday evening, so I don't have any strong leans as of right now. We'll get into those in the the Friday podcast where we talk about our Circa Sports Million plays. But I got to say, the one game that did pop a little bit was Dolphins plus 16 at home against a one and two Chargers team that has a garbage offensive line and a defense that seems to be falling apart. They're traveling across the country, playing in really hot conditions. There's a non-zero chance that Miami just wins this game. I'm, I'm just going to say I would not be shocked if they just won this. Am I crazy? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll Thank say no. you, Jay. We, Thank we you, saw Jay. the Bills last year at Minnesota going there. And, That's right. Um, That's right. It, it can happen, but uh, there's no talent. Little, there's no talent just, on this Dolphins team. It's not. Yeah. Happening. At least there, you saw no, a little. There, I agree with that. At least you saw a little bit more fight last week. They scored uh, one friggin' touchdown all year long. I mean, like, come on, this is this team is this team's horrible. There, there's no talent there. They're not going to win, All but I think works. that they might. I think they might be able to. I think it's possible they could keep it within within a couple of touchdowns or something like that. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily hate that. I, I want to ask you guys about a couple of other spots that I got on and maybe you can you know tell me that I'm I'm wrong here. Uh, I took the Colts at home at under a touchdown. I, I know there's seven starting to pop up. I got it at six and a half. So if you find the six and a half, of course, that's where I would lean on this. But this is like the Raiders are now in that stretch of the schedule from hell where they don't play another home game over in Oakland until November, it seems like. And so when you're looking at this here, going on the road to the Colts team with an improved defense and a much better offensive line, it's not like the Raiders are getting any pressure on the quarterbacks really anyway. Uh, getting this under a touchdown here seemed pretty uh, seemed pretty good to me. I am pretty much uh, buying against this Raiders team. I'm not going to say moving forward, but certainly think that this the, the wheels are beginning to fall off, and it wouldn't surprise me if the wheels completely fell off this week. The, this Colts offense without T.Y. Hilton worries me uh, a little bit because if he's out, they – don't have any playmakers um yeah they can run the football they've shown that uh, they can do that and they've shown they can move the ball without andrew luck but ty is just he's so important to that offense he stretches the field he 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 gets open um even he's obviously not going to be 100 percent. does that worry you a little bit or do you think they can just bring in a guy like paris campbell or the i mean pascal actually looked pretty good last week too well the thing i guess for me is He's never healthy, right? It's like it's like he's always nursing some sort of injury, and then he just yeah. goes out there and scores touchdowns, all you know, all the time. So like I don't when know. He, just, yeah, when, when he left the game last week, they they kind of they lagged a lot on offense. I just they didn't move the ball as well as they did when he was on the field. It just he has he's a very high injury risk. Even if he does play, uh, that that's the only thing that really worries me. You know, I'm I'm all in on the Colts this year. So I mean, I I loved the number at six. Yeah, Jay, what do you think about this this Raiders spot here? I mean, this Colts team, of course, playing much, well, I guess not better than we thought. We all thought that they were actually going to be good. We, we thought that they were going to be competitive for sure. Now they sit here 2-1, and one, this Raiders team, as we mentioned, heading into you know their second leg of this road trip from hell. Well, 
You look at the numbers last week, and, and the Colts don't have the running game that Minnesota does, but the Vikings ran for over 200 and they 100 yards, and they pounded it 38 times at them last week. And those are the kind of stats that I get into in, in, in a pass, seemingly a pass or more pass-heavy league. It's the fundamentals and the breakdowns, and the Colts have that similar ability, I think, with the offensive line. They didn't run it very well last week against Atlanta, just, uh, just under 80 yards and 24 times, but I think you'll see them run it close to 30-plus times, and that can wear on a uh, Raiders defense that has really shown they can't they can't stop. Uh, and, and when you're getting beat at the point of attack and run over like that, it just takes your will, and I think the Colts have the ability to do that. But that said, this is the one game on the schedule. I mean, they, they got Chicago. The, the Raiders got Chicago next week, next week, and then at Green Bay at Houston. They are in a brutal schedule here, and uh, if you're going to get a better effort, it's probably going to come this week. But I'm, a, I'm with Brett on a couple things. You want to watch the injuries, and especially Hilton, because he does have an impact on that offense for the Colts. The, a couple of other things that stood out to me in, I think now, and Brett, this goes back to our conversation yesterday, I now I think we have at least a better idea of some of these coaches here, and I think that this is actually playing into some of these numbers. And we look here, and the Browns are a full touchdown dog to the Ravens on the road, and then we look over at the Bucks, who are nine point dogs to the Rams on the road over there in L.A. We saw both of the coaches for the Bucks and for the Browns commit. What I would consider to be fireable offenses. I know you can't just let Bruce Arians go, you know, after a few games here with the Bucks. But I mean, fireable offenses. You had a Browns team that went out there and called a draw on fourth and nine, trailing in the fourth quarter. It was the first draw called in that situation in that timing of a game ever in the history of ESPN stats and info since they began uh, tracking plays like 27 <laughs> years ago or whatever it was. And so, you know, I, I think that it's, you're starting to see a little bit of this in these numbers as well, that people are losing faith in these teams, not only from what they're seeing on the field, but what from what we're seeing on the sideline from these friggin' coaches. I found it amusing that someone actually looked up that stat because, of course, that's never happened before. Why would you run a draw on fourth and nine? That was, that was unbelievable, and it really... How can you trust these coaches who make these decisions? And, I, and I'll say what I told you yesterday about Arians. I, I think a lot of us thought he was a sharp guy, but he filled in as an analyst on Monday Night Football last year, and it was the Rams and Raiders. And he said out of the gate that the Raiders had to establish the run against the Rams. And I was just, I would, my mind was blown because why, why would you think that in today's today's game? It's a very different game than when he was having a lot of success years ago. And I, I just, you know, I, I feel like some of these coaches are dinosaurs. They're just, they're way behind some of the very best. Jay, this is something, you know, now that we're entering week four, you know, I mean, we're, it's weird to say that we're entering the quarter pole of the season here, but f- damn, we're entering the quarter pole of the season here. Do some of these guys, have you started to notice some trends, some tendencies of these guys here? And is that kind of working its way into your handicapping because I have to be honest and maybe this is just a bad bias for me but and because I was watching you know every play every single play of that Browns game last week I watched every single play of that Bucks game last week as well but I I will be hesitant to back these teams in certain situations because I don't know if they have the coaching to get it there for me yeah again every single week um presents not only a new opportunity but you have to evaluate the games on a weekly basis and you can't just uh, you know we know that the historically now we're looking at a Dolphins team to be among the very best and they're lacking talent so maybe you just throw them aside and don't look at uh, playing them but there's going to be some teams that aren't showing real well that will pick it up and remember teams are going to hopefully make improvements but they'll definitely make adjustments and improvements and that's how you have to evaluate the breakdowns i personally do use a lot of fundamental statistical things in the ground game to to show that if a team runs the ball a certain amount of times at least 30 they're going to have an edge because it'll open up the passing game and, and some of the things that uh, does allow and that's my concern with the browns going to um, I thought I'd for sure play the Browns. I haven't yet, but to, to go to Baltimore where they're going to control the line of scrimmage and then have their way probably through the passing game where you've got a Browns team that hasn't shown 
uh, not only the ability to balance it out and run the game, but like you said, the coaching and the play calls. So um, I think, again, you, you got to throw out the noise. You got to throw out that uh, all these bad teams that are not covering. And not only that, not we haven't seen the major upsets to knock people out of survivor pools, but the te- these teasers that we talk about and some of the lines that are going to be slightly higher because they're maybe shielding a little bit about them just having to win to cover the teasers. But each week, each game, you have to identify the situations within injuries we've seen eight new quarterbacks last week and and be able to break into the stats that matter one last game i want to touch on because it's the one getting a lot of buzz as well and we'll let the fine people go here and that is cowboys heading to take on the saints cowboys look like a super bowl contender but of course you look at that schedule and you realize they haven't really played anybody and that might be why this number is where it's at and a lot of people jumping up and down about the fact that the cowboys are heading to the saints with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So there is no Drew Brees, obviously, under center here. And here we have a Cowboys just a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Saints here. Jay, number seems weird to you, right about right, or what are you thinking of this game as a whole? Again, now we're talking about the quarterback that's not there, one of the eight that were replaced last week. Teddy played pretty well on the road to help last week. I think uh, this was... This is normally almost an automatic play for me on New Orleans. And you can say, yeah, I need to get three, but maybe you tease them up because as strong as Dallas is, they're coming off, you know, their biggest rival. They had played with with Washington and now they you look at the, the teams that they have played. They have they haven't faced a defense with the defensive front quite like this. So. Um, it seems like a short number to Dallas on the road, but these are the kind of games that uh, you have to be really careful with when you're laying even two and a half. It seems, oh, they just have to win by three, but two comes into play more than you think. And um, I'm not on the game yet, but I'm still decided that if I'm going to support, it's going to be New Orleans. And I, I uh, expect them to at least have a good game with McCar- uh Kamara running uh, a little bit more and hopefully Teddy minimizes the mistakes. Brett, of course, we've you know, we've seen this Cowboys team and they've looked like world beaters. There's no doubt about that. And I don't think anyone would even question that. I think what you could question is the fact that they played the Giants, the Redskins and the Dolphins. And that is of, of big concern here. And I'm sure that is what is playing into this number because, yeah, they've looked really, really great, but they have not played anybody with a pulse. Now, it's a new look Giants team with Danny Dimes under center, but that was not the case in week one whenever they won 35-17 to over the Giants, 31-21 over the Redskins, and then, of course, 31-6 to over the Dolphins here. Is this an interesting number to you? Is this a confusing number to you? What do you think about this? Well, I mean, first of all, how, look how things have changed in just one year. Last year, the Saints went to Dallas as seven-point road favorites, and now they're two-and-a-half-point home dogs. Right. Crazy. Uh, going in blind without looking at the matchups and injuries and metrics and, and how the market is reacting, this looks like a great spot for New Orleans because I really like selling high on a Dallas team that, like you said, has not played anybody yet. Yeah, pretty interesting to see this one. I know a lot of people are scratching their heads because it seems like this is a weird number here and a lot of people look at oh man this is no drew Brees, and then you have and then you have the cowboys that look like you know super bowl winning you know super bowl contending team here i don't think it's going to play out like that either pretty interesting and i'm going to dig into this one as well tonight brett i'm sure we will have some takes on it tomorrow the only other early play i have and i will you know i'll go ahead and give this one out is i have the over in the uh seattle arizona game that's at 48 uh i think this seattle team if they are, if they look what happened last week, they got down to the Saints and the Saints have been vulnerable through the air and they had to go to the air and they were able to have a lot of success and really light up that Saints secondary. Well, the secondary for the Arizona Cardinals is much, much worse than the Saints secondary. Hopefully they are smart enough to go to the air early in this game and light up this Arizona Cardinals team. And with that, the Cardinals have to go into the crazy fast catch up mode tons and tons of plays you know upping the pace of this game exponentially here and that 48 number hopefully gets blown away because i do think the cardinals can actually put some points on the board against seattle as well would we would we be surprised if the the total went over 70 in this one i wouldn't be no not at all that's it was this was this is my biggest play of the week so far and it was the first play of the week that i made i mean this is and again Pete carroll has known to be hard-headed right and so he might go out here and and do the stupid thing and try to establish the run and if that's the case then shame on me because i uh you know i bought into to Pete carroll and you know they say a lot of times a a tiger doesn't you know change his stripes or whatever but 
I would like to think someone could get in his ear and say, hey, this is a historically bad secondary right now. We need to go out here and throw the ball. We have a the method to do it with Lockett and Metcalf, and we're going to be able to move the ball that way, and it's not going to be on the ground, especially when your lead horse running back is fumbling the ball left and right every single time he touches it. Uh, Jay, real quick, any, any thoughts on this game at all? Yeah, and I, I agree with the play and definitely looking back just at the opener in week one when you had the debut for uh, Kyler Murray, he was – struggling really early against a much better Lions defense than Seattle has. And then they opened it up and really started moving the ball and were able to score. And I think that's what you'll see this week. And you're right on. If if the Seahawks game plan properly, they should be opening it up this week and going ahead and uh, passing much more. Guys, as always, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, so please go subscribe, rate, and review there. Find us on the Twitter at the Lines US at PlayPix US. I'm Matt Brown M2 at Brett Colson and at Fairway J. And if you want the written articles of all of the stuff we're talking about, of course, playpicks.com and thelines.com. You can also find at the top of the lines a little video tab up there, which will take you to the various YouTube pages that we have and we're putting out videos and things as well there. So trying to keep you informed of all of the stuff that is going on in this great industry here. For Brett, for Jay, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.